Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm joined as always by my dad, Jack Brinker, whom you heard talking there at the beginning. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> it's funny when I, I hit the broadcast button and then I immediately hit the start playing the theme music and I hit the broadcast button. And as I moved down to hit the theme music, you cleared your throat and then started talking. <laughs> Well, I thought you heard, maybe it went online, that uh, I have an alarm that went off at oh. 10 to 1. Because, uh, I, and I've never quite figured out where I set that alarm. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I, an alarm I, going I, off, and I can't shut it off. I don't know which app is doing it. Well, I, I can uh. shut it off. All I got is hit the button, you know. But right, but anyway, that's that silencing it. It's not shutting off the alarm, because the alarm goes that, off again right. later. And, and, and this is about the third time now that it's yeah. happened. And it's on, always on a Wednesday, and it interrupts something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you should be able to go to, like, if you uh, are on your home screen and then drag from the top to see your messages or your notifications, there should be yeah. a notification for that alarm, and you should be able to see which app it's from and tap on that notification, and it should launch the app. Yeah, I, I know, Todd, but the big bigger part of the problem is me. By the time uh -huh. I get around to, to, to thinking about doing this, I forgot about the problem until... Right, till the next Wednesday at 1 o'clock when it goes off again, because it always goes off when you're in the middle of doing something, right? Yeah, that's right. I, I, I know that story. <laughs> I, I resemble that remark. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. It's funny. So, yeah, you know, the technology, it's, it's wonderful at times. Yeah. <laughs> at times. Yeah. Yeah, it, as long as we were perfect, then it would be just great. But you yeah, know, any any of our flaws, it, it magnifies them, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, let's talk some tech. The first thing that we we have on the on the on the talking points today is uh, Apple has an AirTag problem, and I can stand behind this one hundred percent. When they first came out, I bought a package of four AirTags, and I have had. AirTags, uh, or prior to AirTags, I had a variety of tiles. And, you know, I put one, like, in my backpack because I use a backpack when I'm coaching so I wouldn't lose my backpack. And I had them on my keychains or key rings and stuff. And so when Apple came out with a competing product that was integrated into the system, I thought, okay, that's a better idea uh, and it'll be more easily identified as found by other stuff because it's built into the operating system. So if I leave something laying somewhere... Somebody with an iPhone is bound to walk by it and, and identify where it is for me. Uh, and they don't have to be running a tile app or anything. It's just built into the operating system. What a great idea. Man, are those things a pain in the butt. Anyway, you know, I, I was suspicious. I just didn't say anything. But I'm, I'm, I've thought about all of technology these days is to find out more about us. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, whether it's a speaker in the room or just the fact that there's a speaker on your phone or all your devices so that it picks up voices and you don't know what happens to that. And it's yeah. exploited. It's exploited. And now you put your important things, obviously, are being identified with tags yeah. by one person, one companies or another's. And yeah. in the process of being doing that, important things are identified. So what does that attract? Right. Guys, well, guys that like free things, you know. Yeah, but the, these these you know the way they're talking about using these air tags is the same thing that could have been done with tiles for the three years prior to this. I mean, well, this. I, I said regardless of company. Right. You know, yeah. It's just the but, whole concept, you know. Right. You know, and I get the idea that it's handy for you as a user, but you know, I mean, 
the the basis of this story is is that a young woman was at a bar and uh, as she she left in the following day or in that evening or anything, she got notified on her iPhone that uh, she was that there was an air tag uh, air tag following her, and Apple built this in to warn people for, for just such occasions. And so she ended up looking around and finding it, and somebody had stuck it underneath inside the wheel well of her car while she was in the bar. And so now that person ostensibly can, whoever owns the AirTag, can follow her and see where it is. But built into the operating system is also a way to identify who owns the AirTag. So you can call the police, and they can then see who owns that AirTag, because it had to be registered in order to track you. And now they can go get that person and say, hey, how come you put an AirTag on this woman's car? And, you know, they can go after that mm-hmm. person. So, I mean, there is some tr- some protections built in. Um, but it's scary to think that, you know, she drives back home to figure out where it is. Now that person who's tracking her knows where her home is while she's trying to identify it. So, you know, I, I would say to anybody, if you ever get that message that you're being tracked by an AirTag, you know, go somewhere safe but not necessarily your home. Uh, and... Uh, you know, identify where it is. You can you can make it make a noise. If if it pop, if you get the notification saying you're being tracked, you can make it beep to you, so you can then find where it is. You know, on your person or in your vehicle or wherever. You know, and if that means pulling over and walking around the outside of your car listening for the the beep, then do that. Find that thing, and then don't just throw it away. Actually, call the police and tell them, hey, somebody did this. They've been tracking me. Here's here's the information from my phone on how to figure out who that person is um, so that, you know, that that person gets punished for doing it. That That is a no-no. Um, but even when you're using them for your the way they're meant to be used for you, mm-hmm. there's some incredible frustrations with these things. First of all, Apple doesn't understand what a family is. I have AirTags on my car keys because, hey, that's one of the things that they actually say they're good for, right? Don't lose your car keys. Well, guess what? My wife gets a notification that she's being tracked by an AirTag every time she drives one of our cars because the stupid AirTag is registered to me, not to her. So when they first put them in, she came home and goes, what does this mean? Why am I being tracked? I don't understand what's going on. It's like, well, here's here's how this works. Apple's stupid. <laughs> you know? Um, they don't, there's, you know, you're part of my family in Apple's family plan on everything. So they know she's part of my family. Why don't they pop up and say, hey, there's an AirTag following you? Give you the option of saying, okay, don't notify me of this because I'm, it's part of my family. You know, If any other ones pop up, fine. But this one, I've, I know who it is. I know what it is. I'm okay with that. And that way it should never bother you again because it's a family AirTag, right? But they don't have any way of having a family AirTag. Each AirTag is tied to an individual. So, you know, unless everybody in the family has their own set of keys for everything, which, by the way, car keys these days cost 200 to $400 to replace. Uh, so no way I'm going to buy extra sets of car keys that we each carry around. The spare key stays in a safe place, you know, and then we hang them on a hook. And when you take a car, you take the keys. Um, it's just and I know I'm not the only person in the world who works that way. Um, it's just it's it's maddening. But then I just went on a road trip with my brother. And I found out for the first time several things. One is when I left, I left a car at his house. And when I left the car there, I left the keys with his wife because I said, well, if you need to move that car or something, here's the keys. I don't need them. I'm out of town with your husband, right? So you keep the keys. I got notified repeatedly on this trip that I have left my keys behind. 
AirTag has been left behind. It was traveling with you, and you, and I kept saying, okay, got it. Ignore. Leave me alone. And it would pop up again. It happened repeatedly on the trip that I had left oh. my keys behind. And this is the first time um, that I've had it happen with another device. I traveled with my iPad. So I have a uh, new version or generation of whatever the iPad Air is, right? The most recent mm-hmm. version of the iPad Air. And, uh, you know, if I left and left the iPad Air in the car, or if I left and left the iPad Air in the hotel room, I got annoyed repeatedly while I was away doing something. Hey, you left your device back at the, you know, here's the location. Here's the, here's the, it would give me the, the <laughs> coordinates of where it last recognized it, where it was. So don't I was. You want to know, don't you want to know where everything is every instant of your life? Exactly. It's like, okay, you know, it, it, I mean, I don't mind it notifying me. I actually thought it was nice. It's, hey, you left something behind. That's kind of cool. Okay, cool. I left it behind. But, you know, when I click the little button that says, okay, I acknowledge that, don't keep pestering me. I know I left it behind. I left it behind on purpose. You know? It's yeah. Like, in fact, it should not only stop bugging me, but then if it then moves from that spot, it should then notify me that it has now moved from where you left it. It, you know, I don't know if it does that because it just annoyed me all the time. To be honest, it annoyed me enough that I was getting to the point where I was not paying attention to the notifications because a notification, if, it, if it's constant and repeated, isn't a notification anymore. Now it's just an annoyance. And so yep. then it's not serving its purpose, right? Right. Like the first time it happened, I thought, oh, that's cool. It works. The second, <laughs> the third, the fourth, the fifth, the eighth, the tenth, the twelfth. At that point, it wasn't, oh, cool, that works anymore. It was like, oh, why does this stupid thing keep buzzing me? Why does it keep telling me this? You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, it was irritating. And it's the first time since I've had these things set up that I really kind of went on a trip with stuff that would notify me. Um, you know, and it's not just the AirTags. It's part of the Find My app on the, on the system. So I need to look into that app and see if there's a way to adjust the notifications. I don't want it to be quite so vociferous you know it was just it was really you know one notification when i say okay i got it okay i got it you know just take me at my word i really do have it i got it i understand i know where i left it i know which hotel i'm staying in you know yeah yeah it was just a little annoying for something that you know i think has a good intention and there's a time when you know you might want to be able to tag things and just kind of know where they are um, I know of a guy who I was uh, listening to on a podcast who basically affixed one to the underside of the seat on his bicycle so that he could find his bicycle. And he said he lives in a beach community, and he lives near the beach, and he said it's not uncommon in his community for people to just see a bicycle and take it. He says, especially, and he says the people who live there don't do it, but the, the vacationers who are at the beach will take the bicycle and then ride it from wherever they found it to the ferry so that they can then take the ferry over to the mainland. So they don't want to miss the ferry, so they just borrow somebody's bicycle, air quotes borrow, because they never ask. He says and he says it's an annoying thing, but he says it's it, virtually none of them are stolen. They're all at the ferry. If your bike isn't where you left it, it's probably over at the ferry. Um, <laughs> you know, he says, but by putting my air tag on it, at least I can identify where it was, right, or yeah. where it is. 
And and yeah. so so that's what he does. And he says it's been handy because, you know, you can confirm, yeah, it's sitting over at the dock. So, you know, he gets he, he gets in the little golf cart that he has and, you know, has his wife or his kid drive him over to the golf cart. And then one of them rides the bicycle back home. You know, it's a small, a fairly small island. It's a vacation spot. Right. But he lives there. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I thought, OK, well, that's a, a good solution you know, a good good way to solve something using an air tag. That's probably a good use of it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I well, imagine that anybody else in his family, when they ride the stupid bicycle, get told that they're being tracked by an air tag, even though they're part of his family, which is, again, goes back to my point. It's like Apple doesn't know what a family is and how they function. That's just irritating. Yeah. Well, I'll hold off until we get this thing matured. Yeah. They, did, it's like, they didn't do their homework, did they? The technology is working fine. They just don't have the software to control it figured out to the to the point where it makes sense for people, I think. Um, yeah, to, to my point, I bought that, that little four-pack of AirTags. Uh-huh. I have deployed three of them, one on each of the car keys and one in my swim bag. The fourth one is still sitting in the box. I have no desire to deploy it anywhere because I don't want one more thing annoying me. <laughs> So you, so you got uh, three out of four, four annoyers. Right, right, exactly. You know, and it's funny because I guess it, it, it the, something about my movement, or I guess it knows my location, geolocation, knew I was traveling, and it was annoying, annoying me about the iPad that I had left at the hotel. But, like, at home, it never says, hey, you know, you left your iPad behind. Yeah, and, and I leave the, and I leave the house without the iPad all the time, so it knows this is home, you know, yeah. because I told the system this is home, so it knows my home, and it figures yeah. home is safe and doesn't bother me. But yeah. why it doesn't allow me to say, okay, where it is right now, that's safe, don't bother me. Well, you see, now if I were doing it, I'm out somewhere, stuff like that. I I put all my electronics in a bag and I carry it to the car with me, and I consider my car as my home away from home. Yeah, that's your your safe spot to lock something down, put it in a trunk, and that way it's right. safer than leaving it sitting in a room. Although rooms very often have little um, security safes that you can stick things of value in. They they do, but somebody else controls that space somehow, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know that the hotel has a way of, of getting into that safe, and yeah. you don't know how well they control that. You know, does every maid have a way of getting in and unlocking the safe and opening the... Uh, you know, to leave it open for the next person in case somebody locks it when they leave the room. I would suspect that's probably the case. And for sure. a lot of people, the person you're hiding your stuff from is probably the maid. <laughs> you know? <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. not to, to disparage any of the maids, but I think that's probably what people are thinking. You know, who has access to my room regularly with keys? Well, it's the cleaning people, right? Yeah. And And who then would be most likely to take something that's not theirs who has access to the room, probably one of the clean right. people. And I would say that 99.999% of those people are honest people who would never do that. They're just coming in to do their job, clean your room, you know, make your stay as pleasant as possible. Right. You and, know, and, and they're honest hirees. They're, they're, they're hired uh, for a job they really need. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Now you might, you might find a, a desperate criminal every once in a while take a job like that because of the opportunities it presents and, sure. and doesn't plan, doesn't plan to be around long, but while right. he's at it, he's going to cash in on everywhere he can. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you, your cleaning staff, you know, there's a there's a high level of trust in those people. And and most of the time, I think they absolutely, you know, are honest people doing a hard day's work and and yep. don't want. You know, so, like I said, I don't want to disparage people doing that. But, you know, there are also, like you said, people with ill intent who know that they're not going to they're going to get fired pretty quickly because they're going to get caught. Um, you know, as soon as a few people complain about them, they're just going to be like, OK, well, you know. Thank He's you. Out of here. Thank yeah. you, but we, we, we we'll find somebody else to to do this job. Um, but it's you know you know that happens, and it's happened enough that people. I think that's where the paranoia is, right? It's like that's the person who has access to your room. I, I don't think that there's you know high tech thieves who are who are cloning door card keys, sneaking into hotels to to steal stuff out of rooms too much. Mm-hmm. You know, I that that to me is less of an issue. I think less of a risk, but again. I don't know. I'm not in hotel security business, and I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm not a thief, so I don't know how all of that works. I'm just supposing uh, the paranoia of people staying in hotels and safe and the safes. You're probably right. Keep it locked up in the car. Although, frankly, where I was staying, it was getting too freezing overnight, and I don't know that I would have left anything in the car outside overnight. But you know, by then I'm usually back in the room, and it's with me. So yeah, yeah. Oh, when I'm in the room, that's. No problem yeah. with it. Just saying. Yeah. So here's the thing. You've checked into the hotel. You're in your room. And now you want to leave your room to go out to get something to eat or, or some entertainment or something. So do you run your stuff back out to the car? Do you trust it's going to be safe in the room? You know, what if there's no safe in the room? Do you just hide it in the room? I su- uh, suppose that, that, that people who are going to break into a room know all the places you would typically hide something, right? Yeah. Well, my, my habit automatically is when I leave a room, I assume it's not secure. Right. I just say, well, if it's really important to me, I take it yeah. with me. And and all these devices that cost, you know, above a hundred bucks, uh, mm-hmm. that, that's that's more than I want to spend, especially yeah. a phone that costs you seven hundred or eight hundred. Yeah, $1, yeah, $1, or you know, thousand dollar iPad, a uh, couple thousand dollar, uh, you know, DSLR camera. You know, those are, right. those are those are things you don't want to uh, to just leave out on the floor for people to. Uh... And, and 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 even though the you know Apple tries to help you out with the Find Me thing, that's the last thing I want to ever have to do is to to find something that's you know right. I could have protected anyway. I mean, right. That's... Well, they do have the niceness, and, and I have that turned on all my devices. I have the Find Me turned on, and that means that I can also remotely. From uh, from iCloud, so I can do it from any browser or from any of my devices. Lock that device so that they can't get into it. So it's yeah. locked. I can lock it, identify where it is, and get the authorities and say, "Here's my stuff. I'm not going to go deal with that person because they might, you know, pull a gun on me." But you go, you go recover my stuff for me, please. Yeah. I don't know that the police are necessarily terribly engaged with that job either. Right. <laughs> they might. I, I... It, it probably is close to the bottom of the barrel, all right? Yeah. Although, you know, it, if you figure it's a $1,000 item, you know, the, it, and if there's a couple of them, if they get like an iPad and a phone or something, that's grand theft, right? So yeah. at that at that point, um, you know, it's like, okay, here's a, here's an easy bust for you. <laughs> you know, right. I, here's where they are. I've got the address. <laughs> yeah. Here's where they are with my stuff. Of course, you might be a little disappointed when you find out that you don't get your stuff back because it's all now evidence, and you'll get it back when they go to court. <laughs> it's like, but, 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 but. Yeah, we got it, but 
you can't have it. <laughs> yeah, you, we'll get it back to you uh, in the next year to 18 months. So anyway, uh, I think we beat that one to death. Yeah. So bottom line is AirPods. Don't bother or not AirPods. uh, AirTags. Don't bother. Um, At least be cautious of them for a while. Yeah. I suppose if you're single, they're probably pretty good. But if you have a family, they're just going to annoy everybody. Um, Anyway, I I bought a watch series seven not too long ago. Right. Did Uh, you get a green one? Uh, well, I don't know what the green really means. I, it means they're color green. Oh, no, no, I didn't get it. <laughs> you got a blue one. I, I, I got a blue one, and it's got a blue and green uh, band. Yeah. So I got a partly green one. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's funny because that's a word, you know, green has lots of meanings these days. Is it a green one? Well, does that mean it was made with, you know, re- recycled glass and recycled? It's like, no, it's the same as all the other ones. It's just green. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's green. That's the uh, last thing you expect anymore when the pe- people use that word, right? Right, it's, it's yeah. Associated so strongly with environmental. Yeah. yeah. So. It's like, well, what do you mean green? I mean green, like a Christmas tree. Green. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that it it, it mentions gr- the green one in here. I was just for grins the other day looking at some stuff on uh, on Apple, or um, or actually, you know, it was Best Buy, and Best Buy was sold out of every color except green. I think the green is the least popular color for the watch. Yeah, probably. Which is why it's marked down, right? It's uh, what three hundred and thirty nine bucks for an Apple Seven. Now that's the smaller of the two, right? So that would be now a forty three millimeter. Uh, Apple yeah, Watch yeah. Seven, forty three and forty five, I think. Right. You realize the forty three is only one millimeter smaller than the forty four, which was the largest size Apple Apple Watch size six or Series Six. Right. Anyway, uh, they point out in here that uh, there are really only two things that, based in comparison to the six that you gained with the Apple Seven. Right. And uh, one of them stands out to me and I, that's the fast charge i love that yeah fast charge I mean, and larger screen yeah the, the larger screen probably is a, is a don't care and the other day i forgot what the deal was but something came up and it wanted me to type the stuff in on the screen and i said holy crap i don't think i can do that i looked at that screen and lo and behold i blundered at one time and then it, then it got through and i had what it was i had to enter my password for icloud and ah and that's not short. So it was a lot of things to go in, and I had to be real careful, you know? Typing on that tiny little keyboard. That, but at least you have the keyboard. option of doing that. You have a keyboard. In the Series 6, the keyboard was not even option. It's not there. On the smaller screens, they don't. you can't use a keyboard. It will not yep. show up. Um, you can draw. You can use your finger to draw out the letters, um, you know, like yeah. draw a letter A, a letter B, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and that works fairly well. By the way, I want to do a real time update here. We said forty three and forty five. It's forty one millimeters and forty five. So the forty one is still quite a bit smaller oh. than the previous forty four. Oh. So it used to be forty and forty four. Now it's forty one and forty or forty five and forty one. You know. Okay. So, so, well, I get the big one, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I have the larger series five, which is the same as the six in terms of outward dimensions. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I would, I honestly, I haven't upgraded to a seven. Um, I may wait to an eight. We'll see. Uh, the thing that the six had over the five was a little bit brighter screen, and it had um, the uh, blood oxygen uh, yeah. measure on it. 
And okay. other than that, uh, and I'm looking at that going, well, do I really want to, you know, spend hundreds of dollars to get a blood oxygen meter? And I went, I've got one sitting here on my desk that cost me 35 bucks. It's a separate device. I don't know that I need that. Um, and I sort of feel the same way about the seven. You know, I would like it, but I, it's, there's not enough there to justify me moving to it. Anyway, my transition then also brought me the uh, uh, fully light, uh, uh, always on feature, which That's I didn't right. have before. And, you had a series and, four, and, which was the last one before they went yeah. to the always on screen. And I and I really love the the uh, clock face that comes is, is is exclusive to the seven. Right, the new uh, like uh, squishy face. <laughs> I yeah, don't know what, I, I, I'm sure they've got a name for it that's not squishy face, but what, whatever. I, I I really like it. It looks mm -hmm. nice and it's effective when I go to use it. Mm -hmm. And I only. Uh, we've gone over this before, but I only have one additional thing to it, and that's the outside weather temperature. Right. This this time of year, I want to know whether, what kind of coat I'm going to wear. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I've got to say, too, that I think that that face on the 7 is one of the most elegant faces on an Apple Watch that uses the space of the Apple Watch very very nicely and and looks very elegant so like if you were going to something where you were a little more dressed up that face would be i think a really good option as opposed to uh the one that i use the one that's got all kinds of complications i've got all kinds of information on my watch i can't remember what yeah. they call that one um but i like that but it's not very dressy i have a much more um, stark looking one that i switch it to when i'm doing something that is you know where you want to feel a little more dressed up and you don't want to have this gaudy parade of color on your wrist yeah, well, anyway, I started to say that the, the, the cost of the watch now uh, is uh, basically $340, and I think I spent 370 so I didn't spend too much more by getting it earlier. But right. I've already already almost saved that in terms of not having the $10 a month uh, fee that I had on my previous watch because I opted not to have the connection directly to the telephone company. So I dropped the line and therefore, over right. time, it's going to it's going to buy right. itself. But know? that's something you could have done with the Series Six and not spent a dime too, if you wanted to. You could have dropped that, I, saved I, that I, ten. I, I I could have, but you know, it's one of those things. Once you you get it, you don't even see right. it on the bill, or you don't think about it. Right. And uh, my my wife's still paying. I mean, we're we're paying for her watch that way. Yeah. And uh, I I could well, just call them and tell them to drop the line right now. You uh, you could and and if you, you know, are are not out of your house enough to ever have that issue. For me, I like it as a backup. I have it on my watch. I don't have it on my wife's. Both of my our watches are cellular capable, but it's on mine and that way if you leave and you don't have your phone with you because it's happened to me a couple times, um you still have a phone connection. You can make a phone call, you can receive a phone call. Um, because it works basically as a cell phone uh, right. away from the, the 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 phone itself, which is handy. By the way, your your deal was actually even better than you thought because you have the 45 inch one, the one that they're selling for 340 bucks or 329 or 339. Yeah. I guess it is is the 41 millimeter. If you get the 45 millimeter, it's 379 dollars, which is about what you oh. paid. Yeah, that's that's about what I paid. Oh, okay. Right. So about, maybe it hasn't changed then. Yeah. Now, if you get the one that has the cellular on it, that three forty nine becomes five oh nine, because it's one hundred and fifty dollars more. Ah, yeah. So you know, now you're at five hundred dollars for a watch. That's it's no longer a, a, an affordable item. It's 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 a you have to think about spending five hundred dollars, right? I mean, it's right. like you know, <laughs> that that's a chunk of change. Uh, well. 
Not well, that the 379s almost $400. I mean, that's that's, that's I guess right. yeah, 379. So that's really a, it's it's about a $120 difference, right? I did I did tell you the story though when I originally went to do this, I was going to do it through uh, uh, the phone company, which in my case is Verizon. And uh, the guy was going to give me this good deal and and uh, everything just sounded just fine until he we finally got to, to the point of closing the deal and it's seemed to me suddenly the, the price shot up to over $600. I says, wait a minute. Uh, that's not the kind of price I was had agreed to pay for when, you know, we first yeah. started this conversation. I walked and, in the door expecting to spend 300 something dollars and now it's 600. What are you doing to me here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the guy had played games and some sh- shenanigans. And so ultimately he hung up on me because I caught him at it, you know, and I was pointing out exactly what happened. I, I remember the conversation. Yeah. And uh, so he was so embarrassed that he just hung up on me. So I said, well, gee, I'll bet I can do better at Apple. (laughs) He's like, I lost this sale, so I'm just going to stop right now. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) He was afraid I was going to call his boss, which I probably should have. Yeah. Well, his boss is probably the one who told him how to do that. Yeah, probably. So anyway, I I got a much better deal directly through Apple. It was no no hassle. And I knew up front what, what the cost was. And in fact, I traded in my old watch and got uh, credit for it, more more credit from Apple than I was going to get from Verizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and it all worked out really well. When they sent my new watch, they sent a little package that to uh, collect my old watch in, and I, all I had to do is stick it in the bag and stick it in the mail. Or no, I hold it, I, I guess, up to the uh, uh, UPS place, but whatever. Uh, so. It, it didn't cost me more than a couple hundred dollars after I got the exchange and everything else worked out, mm-hmm. you know? So I was pretty happy with it. I, given the benefits, it was, it was end affordability. Yeah. So anyway, once you're invested in Apple stuff, I, I think it's going to happen more and more. In fact, I, I believe Apple is going to ultimately go to a long-term lease kind of thing where you always get the latest and greatest, you know? Yeah, and well, it, they've already got it, that going for a lot of their stuff. You can do that where you you just pay a monthly fee, and then you can upgrade to the latest when it comes out if you want to or not, you know? Yeah. So uh, uh, that, that kind of makes sense, although the upgrades seem to come too fast for me. I don't know if I want to mess with something every year. You know, they, they feel obliged right. to introduce a new product, even if it's got, you know, minimal change uh just because it's a new year and they gotta they gotta do that for sales purposes right Mm -hmm. but anyway uh the new low price uh probably won't get it to you for christmas anymore now although this was december 22nd maybe you yeah well they they said the price was available at app or at uh, amazon and best buy and uh, if you go to Amazon, that's the page I went to because that's where I checked the price of the, the di- two different sizes. And they say it'll re- arrive on the 28th, so it won't get there by Christmas right now. They're not guaranteeing Christmas delivery. Doesn't mean they won't do it. It might still get there, but they're not guaranteeing it. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, but Best Buy, if you've got it, you can check and see if it's available at your store. You know, if it's online, it probably won't make it. But if they have it at your store, then maybe. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, that's uh, 
Christmas is upon us just about. So now what? Uh, what's the next topic? So, um, let's see. Oh, I th- Cargo I, I ships. Thought, yeah, I, I thought this was really uh, interesting technology that's coming on. Can you believe that even these giant big old cargo ships filled with containers and all of that, they're actually going to try to make them much more efficient to get across the ocean by putting up, what do you think? But sails, a new design sail that they said they anticipate getting a 20% savings in their fuel costs. Now, that's pretty significant. Yeah. It makes you wonder, why did they do this before? We thought the day of sailing vessels, the days of sailing vessels was long gone. But it's like, hey, wait a minute. It's interesting, too, because they talk about it sort of as a kite, right? It's not like a traditional sail. Right. It's going to be a a large kite. Now, I'm not a sailor, so I don't know the name of the the different uh, sails on a sailing sailboat. But I know that they have one that, like, if you've got the wind at your back, you can put a big one up that just is like at the front of the ship that that is almost like a big sail. And I'm wondering if that's what they're what they're going to do. Yeah, I, I'm not just sure how that's going to work. It had you can go to here if you want to understand it. And I didn't have time to push the yeah. the button on there, but uh, but they do have a button on that page. It's, yeah, it's they call uh, it the Sea Wing system, and apparently yeah. it's already been installed on a cargo ship called the uh, Ville de Bordeaux, and the ship uh, is over 500 foot long. It's operated by a French shipping company, uh, Louis Dreyfus. And uh, so apparently uh, Airbus is using it to transport aircraft components between France and the U.S. And so, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, after they run the trial for a while, how much it's working. It's automatic kite-based parafoil technology. So it looks like a large parachute canopy. uh, And it's a 500-square-meter kite. Yeah, in fact, there's a picture of this kite on the ship. If you go to that hair, that here button that I was talking about, the mm-hmm. flying equipment, the parafoil wing. Yeah. Uh, it, so uh, it's it's real, and uh, apparently proven enough that they are getting real close to implementing it on multiple ships uh, because of the savings. So uh, anyway, I I'm. uh, I'm interested in following the the stuff and seeing how it works out. Yeah, me too. They're saying the sea trials will last six months and that the test uh, setup is a 500-square-meter kite, but that the full-size sea wing is 1,000 square meters, and it flies at a height of 300 meters, so, um, you know, just under 1,000 feet, uh, and it captures the wind and helps tow the ship along. Yeah, but but the other big big thing with this is technology of processing and understanding how to use that uh, mm-hmm. that new force on right. the ship and do it effectively uh, well and, and not op- drop optimized. your dumb sail down into the ocean and now you've got to winch this big heavy thing up out of the water and you know if that happens i imagine that's kind of a disaster yeah probably but anyway i i thought uh this this is great shipping. Uh, wow. You know, you think there's nobody doing anything about it. You've just been doing it day after day, and it's never going to change. But there's always some technology office that says, "Hey, we can we can improve," and, and they're doing it now. 
So, um, so it's it's exciting. It really is. He, uh, not not very glamorous as technology goes, but uh, nevertheless something uh, that's you know going to help all out in the climate change arena as as well as just in the the operations of the various shipping companies, you know. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I love it when you um, uh, when a technology is um, uh, developed and and used and then discard, you know, discarded, and then somebody finds that technology again later and says, "Hey, wait a minute." You know, we we thought we had a newer, better technology and we quit using this, but if we go back and look at this again. We could maybe use this older technology in some unique ways, and it'll benefit us. You know, it's like a yeah. lot of the, a lot of the the hard work of developing that technology was worked out hundreds of years ago. You know, sales. We know how they work. <laughs> you know, so it's right. kind of cool that they're they're going back and doing that. Yep. Anyway, uh, it says here the sea wing flies at an altitude of over two hundred meters to harness the steadier and stronger winds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's like a thousand feet or a little. Oh, three hundred meters is closer to a thousand feet. Yeah. So. So, anyway, it uh, the reason you get the real benefit of it. It generates ten times more traction power than a static kite or sail. So you can't really compare it to just the old sail that you hung up there in the wind. You know, this thing is dynamically guided to uh, to achieve the greatest benefit. So. And, and the dynam dynamic part of it is, I think, the real technology. Yeah. You know, so it it has a lift just like a wing. That's why it's called a sea wing. And that's what uh -huh. keeps it up up where where it gets the greatest benefit. So yeah. anyway, it's a it's pretty fascinating, and it's it's non com. I mean, it's not. Uh, simple. It's it's a fairly complex thing, but we've got the computing power to deal with complex ideas like this, and and that's what's uh, terrific. They of course talk about the simulation model that they use to develop it here. Uh, so uh, they've they've gone through a lot of tests of the system already, albeit in a computer. But that's the way you do things. Keep the costs down, and then mm -hmm. you go out finally and and uh, test out some real hardware, which they've now done and are doing uh, for uh, what's what do you say six months, something like that. They said the trial was going to last six months, so they could work through the um, strengths and weaknesses thereof. You know. Yeah, they'll they'll tweak the design, no doubt, but they wouldn't even be testing it if it wasn't feasible already, based on their. Yeah. Earlier studies. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they literally have it in the field already. So this is not something that they're still talking about. They actually have a working uh, yeah. test test model running on a ship. Um, it'd be interesting, too. You know, I mean, wind, anybody who's flown a kite knows that wind can be a tricky thing. So I wonder yep. how they handle, you know, changes in the wind and how much control they have over. I mean, they must have fairly good control over the the, you know, angle of the of the airfoil into the wind and how that's 
you know, adjusted. They've probably got control lines going to multiple corners and, and, and attaching to the edges of that thing so that they can tilt it and adjust it with computers to make sure that it's catching the wind as best as possible and is not like suddenly spinning and then nose diving down into the water like every kite I've ever owned. Well, that would that would be an interesting part of it is the stability is what that's really refers to it's right. an automated automated flight control system and that was my specialty in my master's program so mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what they're talking about and there's always stability margins yeah. and on this system I'll, i'm sure based on the cost of installing it and the, and the downtime and everything associated with the failure that they're uh, they're leaving some pretty good margins yeah. Well, I mean, anybody, again, who's flown a kite knows that they're inherently pretty unstable. Um, and, you know, you, that's why this doesn't show it. But a lot of them have, um, you know, a tail underneath it to give it a, a heavy bottom so you can keep it upright if you've got one of the triangle-shaped things. This actually looks a lot more like the parafoil parachutes. And yes. those those are, you know, can be driven and flown and, and angled and directed. That, that's, so. that, that, that's really what it is. Yeah. They're, they're really... Kite's not a real good uh, uh, acronym, or, or that's not what I mean. It's it's really a parafoil, you know. Right. If you yeah, uh, yeah, it's not really a kite. It they, they are flying. Some reason you you your volume went way down. Yeah, I fixed it. I tapped on something that that, that made my volume and your volume everything dropped. I I didn't realize what I was doing, and I fixed it right away. <laughs> it was me. Anyway. Uh, it's parafoil technology, and uh, that's very well known as well now, and uh, because it's yeah. a wing. And well, and if you've ever seen the, the the you know military skydivers flying into like the Super Bowl or whatever, um, they literally, like you said, they, they fly it in, even though they're there's no they're not powered. Um, they Todd, I can hardly hear you. Really, I I hear me just fine. Huh. Uh, so, something right. happened. My sound, my sound, my sound quality's dropped or low, way low here. Yeah, that's. I'm seeing it all. That's rather strange. And I've got the volume to the max here, so I can't can't do much. Uh, are you there? I am. Oh. I'm trying to solve the problem. Wow. So. Yeah, yeah, it just suddenly uh, suddenly dropped here. Well, I know what I did, but I immediately shut that app off. So I... Maybe if I huh. All right. Uh, well... Right. Am I back? Not really. we, we've gone almost an hour, but I don't think we I can much go on because I'm not... I don't hear well anyway, and it's so low. Yeah. Well, and it's going to affect our, our recording quality. Those of you listening, oh my gosh, you can't hear me. Um, I'll shout, and we'll wrap this up. Um, we're not going to be on the air next week. We're taking off the holiday week. So uh, have a great Christmas, everybody, and a happy new year. And we'll be back in the new year uh, online. But uh, nothing live next week. Um, check out the other shows on Shack Outbat Network, and uh, and we look forward to seeing you in the new year. Bye, Dad. Bye, Todd. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho.